0: Hey, welcome to the 60 Helmets Kickstart Podcast, I'm Don Maeda, and today I have in studio Mike Sleater, who is uh, one of our head test riders, and on the phone we're joined by Pat Foster, who is the senior test rider of Swap Moon Live, and uh, guys, last week we uh, conducted the final day of our comparison testing at Cahuilla Creek, um, you know, we've been testing the bikes, Jeez, we got the Husky and the KTM in June, believe it or not, and so we've been logging a lot of time on the bike since then. And last week we had like one last day of back-to-back with the manufacturers on hand. And uh, I thought it was a pretty interesting day. Did you, did you guys think there were any surprises the way it turned out? Go for it, Pat.
1: Yeah, hey, You know what? It's not, it's not necessarily surprising. It's just amazing how good all the bikes are. And it, it's so telling when you get them back-to-back. It's one thing to go ride the Yamaha one day and then the ktm the next day when they're when you're all isolated the, the bikes feel good it's i just really enjoy getting them back to back you can really start picking out the finer points what things do really well where it might be lacking and uh you know the, the final day of testing is just always my favorite because i love getting the bikes back to back
2: yeah I, I concur i mean <clears throat> i think my biggest surprise not to like pinpoint any particular bike was the honda you know i um I was really, really ecstatic about that bike after the the intro. But to your point, I wasn't referencing it off anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a different type of track at Cahia versus Paula for the intro. So as you start rep, you know, one day, one condition, one track, you can really love something. And then when you go to a different track, comparing it to, you know, five other motorcycles, four other motorcycles, you're, you're, mm-hmm. you're you can eat, you can quickly come to
0: the conclusion of what you like or don't like. You know, it's weird about. Uh, when you go from bike to bike, it really, really uh, emphasizes the difference in ergonomics and feel. And, I mean, it, there's nothing like back-to-back comparison testing to really figure out what you like and what you don't like. hundred percent. I think, uh, you know, oh, go ahead, Pat.
1: You know, I, just, I was just going to say, you know, you started the, the podcast saying that we, you know, we did the initial bike intros. We've been on the bikes a lot you know, it's fun on our initial testing, you're really comparing, okay, how did this bike compare to last year? Where, where was it missing? What was it good at? What did they do to improve? And you're kind of trying to give some feedback to everybody about the bike in general and what the audience might like, what other guys might like, is this suited best for a pro, a novice, these types of things. What's really fun about the the shootout is it's all about you. This is, this is now your opinion. Mm-hmm. it's it's what is pat like what feels best to him it might be very different from what don likes and what feels best to him versus what mike likes so that's that's what's pretty fun the initial testing is hey what does this bike look like for for everybody who is this really geared for and then the shootout is like hey what do i like what would i take home mm-hmm. that that's what makes it fun for me
0: yeah definitely so what do you guys think about uh you know the the last day we invite you know, the manufacturers come out and they bring technicians and everything. And um, on the shootout forums, I always write, hey, man, if, if if something is not to your liking, come in and tell them. You know, like, don't let them be surprised. Like, you can't come in and go, it's great. And then write, that bike really sucked. You know, I, I don't like there to be any surprises for the manufacturers. So what I do is we encourage everyone to uh, spend time on the bike but like don't keep riding laps if you think it's poor here or poor there come in and tell them and give them a chance to improve it.
2: That was to your point. Yeah, that I mean you there's a, you got to draw the line to where you're not testing for them for free developing bikes for them. Yeah. But at the same and and wearing yourself out, right? We only have a yeah, one day we only one 6 hours you know yeah. 6 hours to go through all those bikes, but Honda was great to work with that day. Um, the initial setup was way off. Compared to my first bike was the Husky and it was pretty dialed in. Like I could tell they kind of hit the ceiling. of We made some ch- changes with the mappings to clean mm-hmm. up the motor and a- airbox covers. And then I moved on to the Honda and it was it was off compared to to compared to the Husky for me. And this yeah. is like my opinion, right? And um, th- we went through, we lowered the forks. We did a bunch of clicker changes. We changed sag and they got that bike so much better for me on that day. Mm-hmm. But it took a lot of change you know yeah. and that's that's something the consumer is able to do themselves so the honda guys and show they were very you know um <clears throat> cooperative of of dialing that bike in for me and i we made some more changes i went, we went backwards so we can't kind of compromise with that mm-hmm. that final setting but yeah it's, it's it's interesting to see when you can you got to give them an opportunity if you don't like something to change it to yeah make it better
1: well, and that's, and that's a great point. And look, we've spent a lot of time on these bikes, so we know when we're showing up to the shootout, we have a pretty good idea of what we like and what we don't like about a bike. And so that's been my approach. As I go to a certain bike. I'm not going to pick out anything in particular today, but it's like, look, I know this bike has issues with the shock. It, it creates issues with the front end. It, when we get there, the bike's delivered in stock form. Mm-hmm. It's like, look, I know what these problems are, what can you do with your screwdriver and with your T-handles, with your you know, without, without changing anything from stock, what can we do to this bike to make it work? And, and, and like, like to Mike's point, hey, we don't have a lot of time. Give me everything you got. Make this bike as good as you can. Sway me. Sway yeah, my opinion. Definitely. We, we got to give them every shot to make the bike as good as they can. And then look, these guys want their bike to perform well. They're willing to do anything that they can do for us, and I uh, really appreciate it. It's really nice to have them.
0: Definitely. So, okay, so <clears throat> collectively, the uh, 2020 Yamaha YZ450F came out on top of our shootout this year. I know that Mike and Pat, you both chose it first. Um, I chose the Kawasaki first. It's kind of funny, because when when you come into a shootout, you have to try to remove your personal comfort level and familiarity for from the comparison but it's so hard to do don't you agree i mean it's like for me it's like i rode all the other bikes and i jumped on the cowie which i raced all last year and it was like putting on an old shoe even though it's a bone stock bike compared to what i raced i just think that's a little it's a little tough and what do you think about maybe next year guys saying that you can't pick the bike you raced the year before is first
2: yeah, I mean, I, my argument to that is I spent 15 years on chromoly chassis with yeah. Austrian bikes, and um, the Austrian bike wasn't a close second. Yeah, you know, to me, and I'm the most. Fam- and that's when I came off the Husqvarna first, went to the Honda and was off. I was like, oh no, being comfortable on the uh, the Austrian manufacturer got swayed me really quick. And I had yeah. ridden a Husky since Mammoth last year. Mm-hmm. You know, besides a little bit brushing up for the shootout, and I was like. Oh, I really thought that. I was like, "Oh no!" My being comfortable on that Cromwell chassis, I'm going to be think everything else is off. Yeah. And then I got on the Cowie, and I was blown away by the chassis. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I think I, I think the viewers might like that. You know, people look at my social media and go, "Oh, and look at its past." Oh, they're on Yamahas. That's yeah. why it won. But there's as we'll get more into this. There's there's reasons why that that Yamaha edged out the Cowie, if, in my opinion. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I agree. Look. If 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 it's the best bike in the class, it's the best bike in the class. And uh, you know what? I spent the last year on the Yamaha, and I loved it. And I love the new 2020 Yamaha. I think it's the best bike. But Don, you you said, hey, you know what bike you think about riding this year? Man, I was really torn. It would be really fun to bring home a Honda. It'd be really fun to bring home a Kawasaki. Kt. You know what? It'd just be fun to ride something else. So (laughs) it's not like I'm married to the idea of riding a Yamaha. Um, For me. That's just – that That bike delivers the best package. And so I, I think people need to know that. Here, If you ride anywhere close to me, you're my size, you're my ability, you like these types of things, you're going to like bike. And that's really what we're trying to convey.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So, guys, what do you think? Should we talk about each of the bikes from sixth on up or should we start at the top? I'll start from – I'd like to start from the bottom. I'm It's up to you guys, though. Please. Okay. Well, well let's uh, – all right, so – I think all six of us chose the Suzuki 6th. And, and th- dang it, and dang yeah. it. But you know what, though? When I went out on the bike, you know, I, I jumped on the bike. They set the sag. I looked at RJ and Kevin and said, let's lower the sag a little bit more. I think they start at 110 for me. But I went out, and, like, to be totally honest, the first two laps, because the like Suzuki was, like, in the middle of the day for me, I was, like, scared, like, the first lap and a half because it was so different than the other bikes like all the other bikes is unique as they all are they all feel like like a certain way and the suzuki just feels a little different like maybe it's just a little bit older i don't know that that's a good the older feels so i wrote it last
2: you wrote it last i wrote it last okay and and i was like oh man i hate to ride it last but you know and i was more comfortable on the suzuki out of the gate than i was the honda okay like right out of the gate the yeah. Suzuki is more stable for me easier to ride because the Honda had so much power but the chassis was so far off mm-hmm. where I think the Suzuki it was everything was good yeah what there's nothing real bad and nothing really good so that it the Honda once I got it sorted out the motor was better but yeah it just it just it has missing a lot of attributes that in technology to rank it
0: any higher it's yeah. not a bad motorcycle yeah like I, I was saying I First lap and a half, I was kind of like, whoa, Nelly, what is this thing doing? But then they changed a couple of things for me. And, and by the time I got off the bike, I was pumped on it. Like, I was like, dude, I could totally ride this thing all year. And that was in my head while I was riding, you know, dumb to be thinking this stuff while I was riding. But I was like, maybe I'll ride this all year and just, just to, to experiment and prove a point. You know, I'll, I'll do this to the bike. I'll do that to the bike. And like right away off the bat, I know some things I would do to it. I'd have my brother mess with the suspension, mm-hmm. do something about that shock, add some rebound damping into it, um, maybe change the linkage to lower it and balance it out. i definitely change the bars because I didn't like the handlebars on the Suzuki. And man, I mean, a rider of my caliber, at least, has no business saying that bike sucks. It's not good enough because it f- totally has more performance in it than I can ever take advantage of, you know? So, yeah, darn it. I'm bummed I got six by everybody.
1: You, you know, I, I feel very similar to both of you. I, I got onto the Suzuki, and it felt significantly different than any of the bikes I'd ridden so far. And I was very uncomfortable for two laps. And I came in, and I got a drink, and we messed with a few clickers. And then I, I just, like lap three and four, I just got much more comfortable with the bike. It's got a, it's got a lower feel. It's kind of got a longer feel. Uh, the bike is rigid, and so I, I kind of had this perception that it was going to kick and and swap and buck. It never did anything out of line at all. You get you definitely get more rider feedback. This, this bike is rigid, hmm. which typically isn't uh, a problem for me. It just feels a little different. But the motor's really good. It's not it's not the fastest anywhere, but it's solid throughout. The corners, I think corners great. I mean, it, the cornering on the Suzuki is amazing. And, Don, I was a lot like you. I ended up having a really good time on the bike and thought, dude, I could ride this bike all year. This thing, this thing's fantastic.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've had friends. I mean, I think my final conclusion on the Suzuki is if I have a friend that has been out of riding for a while, and they call me and say, like, man, I only can spend like 7500 bucks on a bike, what should I get? I mean, without question, say a Suzuki. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a great entry to back into riding if you're a vet guy. Mm-hmm. It has good components. I think it looks one of the best in class aesthetically. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's not a bad motorcycle. It's just behind in technology,
0: in my opinion, for 2020. Do you think, you know, now all the light shed on, you know, everybody's got aftermarket motor mounts and stuff that flex more and everything. Do you think that thing would be less rigid if we got Adrian at Ride to drill some holes in the frame? Maybe we we just CNC, CNC a big old hole,
2: right in the yeah. <laughs> or just the Makita drill bit. He doesn't use a CNC, does he? Yeah. Know stuff.
0: Okay, so um, there you go. Sixth place, Suzuki, a bike we all liked. You know, we didn't choose it first or fifth, but not a bad bike. Um, fifth place, I think, in the final tally was the Husky 450. Um, man, I felt really good on that bike too. I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. It felt uh, it felt better to me at Kauia than it did at, say, Milestone, because you know the suspension's kind of on the soft side. At Kauia, for me, it was plush and predictable and stable. And uh, I felt that the motor was had plenty. Like I, I it's funny. I I'm, I'm like the wuss of the group. I think I still like Map One better than Map Two, even though Map Two is way harder hitting and everything. Map One is easier for me to roll on and control. Um, I really liked that bike a lot and felt that it was really close with the KTM.
2: Yeah, I, I, um, I rode the Husqvarna first out of the group that morning and I'm very familiar with that chassis, but they made a lot of changes in the 20 and I think they went a little wrong, the wrong way for me. It got a little wally. I was breaking loose on the rear end, mm-hmm. had a good comfort and the setup wasn't right for my, my caliber, mm-hmm. right? Like, can I, can I make it great? Yeah, take the suspension off, get it done, and mm. maybe get it mapped, and the bike's going to outshine me by a lot. But right there in, the, in that form, I think that the, they went to a more of a Euro spec style suspension, and it just kind of missed the mark for me a little bit. Um, and how many guys leave at stock all year The suspension? Not many, right? Yeah. So I think they have a great platform um, for both a phenomenal platform with technology and components and traction control and all those things but for me on that day for me in the shootout on that personal day i think it just was a little under you know undervalved and um lacking a little response on the engine for me
1: yeah i like i i agree with you and you know i did the intro with andy jefferson on that on that 450 and he told us right from the beginning hey look we went a totally different route than ktm They've got their own spec. They're, got, they're more race-ready spec. We're going for more for comfort. We're going for more for the everyday guy. And he just straight out told me, we didn't build the bike for you. And I can appreciate that. Not very many people like their bike as stiff as I like it. And not many people like their bike to hit as hard as I like it. So do I think they did a great job with that bike for their target audience? Absolutely. I think a lot of people are going to find that the suspension is soft, plush, very comfortable, they said they were going for comfort. I think they nailed it. Uh, for you and I, yeah, it's a little bit too soft. It's a little wallowy. I'd like a little bit more punch down low. I, I think map two with the addition of the the tooth on the back um, added added significant power. I think it's, it's better. It's punchier than it was before. I'd still like a little bit more, but... Um, hey, they didn't build this bike for me. I think that for their target audience, they did an amazing job, and I think a lot of people will love that bike, and frankly, even though I rated it fifth, I would recommend that bike to most of the people that I know looking for a new bike.
0: Hey, Sleater, when you rode the, you raced our uh, Rockstar Edition yep. FC450 at Mammoth last year, yep, right? Yep, correct. Um, so I know that you took it to Twisted, and Jamie Ellis remapped it. Okay, so here's a question I have for you, is like because you are a KTM, R&D rider, uh, you influenced the 17 models, correct? Correct. Did you influence 18s as well? Uh, I influenced up until 19. 19, okay. 17, the Husky and KTM came with this different mapping that was much freer revving, much zippier, snappier. It gave the Austrian bikes a Japanese bike feel, and it was a, a response that I loved, that all of our test riders loved, and the bike felt as light as it really is right and then in 18 it went back to this other map that was like kind of chunky and slow revving and makes the bike feel heavier than it is mm-hmm. when you remap the the rockstar edition did you have them go back towards what the 17 was and, and it was what? it
2: was ex- i wanted to feel like it's the 17 model and we didn't put it a uh vertex or any aftermarket we, we twisted like you said you did the user setting tool mapping mm-hmm. wasn't within range of anyone. And it made the bike night and day. Yeah. I, and I rode it at mammoth for the first time and I was, it felt better at mammoth at altitude at 10,000 feet it did with down, th- here. Did down here. And when I got back home. I, I, you know, at that time I was no longer with the KTM group and I, you know, I called some friends that I have there and family. I was like, you guys are so off the, off the bat because my bike is fun to ride now. It mm-hmm. does, uh, you know the way I want to ride. I want it zippy and quick and responsive in my hand. And you know I, it makes that 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 light technology come alive and, and mm-hmm. be in, in the way
0: they have it mapped now. It just feels lazy and heavy. So a little insight there. Why would they go back to the previous map style uh, after a, so much success in 17?
2: There's a bit of a power struggle, I believe, between the European R&D group and the American group, and they try to kill two birds with one stone and, you know, beat both sides. And I think, um, you know, in Europe, all the tracks that we tested on there are hard as the table in front of us, Mm -hmm. and a, a real snappy, aggressive setting does not work there. Yeah. And then when you go to Paula or, you know, anything out west or especially back east, when you have it, you know, uh, snappy, it makes it feel light. So, mm-hmm. you know, we want it snappy because we have traction. But then when you – then, you know, there's just a bit of a battle. Bottom line is a bit of a battle. And I think the powers to be have to make a decision that's right for um, the cost. And yeah. um, I think when you are selling a lot of units and it's one way, I think it's hard to make it change back to another way. So mm-hmm. I really hope they learn that the consumer for that KTM is wanting the – you know, they have two map settings. I think they should yeah. really go to a,
0: a really <laughs> a quick, U.S. and a Europe. <laughs> yeah,
2: but bottom line is a really fast one and a really slow...
0: Like, not slow, yeah. but more of a differentiation. Yeah. Pat, did you like the Husky and the KTM in 17?
1: Oh, I loved them. Yeah, I loved right? them. I, that was the I, first I time you rated them high, I believe. Yes, sir.
0: Yeah. Okay, so yeah. moving on to fourth in the shootout, we had the KTM. Um, I think in comparison, the KTM had a... <laughs> To go back to their mantra, like the ready to race, it felt like a race bike. It was stiffer, it was more aggressive. Um, to be honest, like for some reason, I like the bodywork ergos of the Husky better than the KTM. The Husky is less offensive in between my knees when I scoop forward in the, in the turns. Um, and obviously, I like the handlebars on the Husky better. But the KTM finished fourth overall. Awesome bike. Um, it felt better to me at kowea Again, than it did at like Milestone I rode there, or Glen Helen, or pretty much anywhere. Like if if Cahuilla was like the track, I mean, I'd be stoked on that thing.
2: Yeah, the the KTM was a, a, it was they did a great job of differentiating the Husqvarna and KTM. It it was stiff, it was firm, it was it was fast, but for me, it was too firm, too tall. Mm-hmm. It had a very tall feel. The the suspension had a good action. I had to go under a little under-recommended sag, a couple mil. First, David O'Connor took care of that, got me – get the balance right for me. Then because the, the balance was right, then the fork was too stiff because my little – so I had to soften the fork. And I think if at 168 pounds for myself at pro-level speed, if I'm softening a consumer bike, mm. it's too stiff. Yeah. So I felt like they missed the mark on that just just a just touch, probably about 10% on suspension dampening. And then the motor – we, we just touched on the mapping situation they need to have a more aggressive lighter frame map for that mm. type of, of a model the husky could be okay i think with that differentiation but the ktm needs to just put the cooper web map in man that guy's you know put, put what works in those guys bikes because that motor is very similar to the factory engine They're, it's not it's got the best parts on it or in it out of all the class so mm-hmm. they just need to clean up that efi and i think they'd be and get that balance right and it would have been a lot better for me
1: yeah, you know, I, I really enjoyed the KTM. I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. I haven't been a big fan in 18 and 19. I thought the the motor was way too mellow. It was too chuggy down low, made it feel heavy, and, and uh, just a little cumbersome coming out of the corners. Um, I like that they added a tooth to the rear end, to the rear sprocket. I like that they put a more aggressive MAP2 in. And you could definitely tell a big difference when you put the uh, – the waffle holes uh airbox cover on mm-hmm. i think that that livened it up quite a bit but definitely better than 18 and 19 and so i liked that um mike you said you're 168 uh i'm closer to 185 um the suspension was pretty close for me so i agree with you that it for their target market is probably too stiff but it felt pretty good to me and uh it it felt race ready i i agree with you 100 percent though Hey, let's let's throw a more aggressive map. It still needs more bottom end. It still needs more punch. Um, that thing could be amazing. I think they've taken some steps in the right direction, but let's keep going. Go more.
0: Yeah. All right. Hey, let's take a quick break to uh, hear from our podcast sponsors. We'll be back with the top three.
2: Hey everyone, it's Marvin Riskin from the Red Bull KTM Racing team. Right now, KTM is making it easier than ever to get out and ride. Head to your local KTM authorized dealer to take advantage of limited time offer on qualified dirt, street, adventure, and naked models,
0: or check out KTN.com to learn more today.
1: Hi, this is 250 Supercross champion Chase Sexton of the Geico Hana team. To get the most performance out of your motocross bike, make sure you're using the Yoshimura exhaust systems. Visit Yosh at Yoshimura-RD.com to see their wide line of slip-ons and complete systems for your bike today. Now enjoy the Swap Moto Live Kickstart podcast.
2: Riders like Justin Cooper, Don Ferrandes, Eli Tomac, Adam Entingnap, Josh Hansen, and more partner with Works Chassis Lab for engine mounts and other special parts to add comfort to and enhance the handling characteristics of their bikes. With championships and race wins to prove it, Works Chassis Lab Parts provides the winning edge. Visit WorksChassisLab.com for more information.
0: In 2013, 6D helmets forever changed the way we think about motorcycle safety helmets. With its patented omnidirectional suspension system to help absorb rotational impacts, the original ATR-1 helmet swept through the industry and was received with open arms by riders and racers alike. The new 6D ATR-2 and ATR-2U are even better than the original and carry a limited three-year warranty and a unique technology that allows the helmet to be rebuilt after most crashes. Visit 6DHelmets.com for more info. Welcome back to the 6D Helmets Kickstart Podcast. We are talking about the 2020 450 shootout with Mike Sleater and Pat Foster. But before we talk about the bikes, dude, what do you think of the Colab 6D FXR helmet? I this think thing, it this thing showed up the day after the shootout, and I was so bummed because I wore the black and white kit. And I,
2: I think like, it's a good fit with both brands. They both need a little something, from, in my opinion, and yeah. that
0: looks really good. I, they, they did a great job on it, I think. Yeah, did you see that thing on on the Instagram, Pat?
1: Yeah, I did. It's oh, awesome. I, I like it a lot.
0: Yeah. Hey, so you wore, uh, You. I got you a 60 and you've worn it a couple times now for the first time, right? You've never yes, sir. It? Yeah. What'd you think of it?
1: You know what? Very, very comfortable. It's it's uh, light. I like the, there's big holes for the ears. I got pretty big ears that stick out a ways. It's very comfortable <laughs> on my head. The fit is good. And, uh, you know, it sounds funny to say, but it feels safe. It just feels substantial. And yeah. uh, I've, I've really enjoyed it.
0: Cool, cool. All righty. So back to the shootout. Third place um, on the average was the Honda CR450R. I actually chose it second. Um, you know, it's funny, is that the last time I was like, the Honda is it, is in 09 when they went all new body style and EFI. And they took us to Texas to ride the bike. And I think that was kind of tricky, right? They took us to this track where the bike worked amazing. And I was just like, that's it. Game over. I'm riding a Honda this year. Right. And then we did our shootout and everything. And, and it worked great in the shootout. But then I raced it all year. And I went through a bunch of visors that year. Because I would just <laughs> lose the front end, going ahead turn and fall on <laughs> my face. And I was like, man. But uh, I will say, the 2020 Honda 450 for me, You know, it doesn't look different than the 19, but it's got, you know, the different ignition stuff and some suspension stuff. I really like that bike. Um, For me, it's like when I'm riding an unfamiliar bike, I ride it with a lot of respect and I ride it, try to be smooth and very precise with everything, right? So that said, I can get on the cow and ride like a total dickhead and slip the clutch too much or anything, but I know exactly what it's going to do. So when I ride the Honda at that level, man, I feel great and I love it. I know what it does wrong for me. Like I think the back end gets a little bit busy sometimes and the front end gets a little twitchy here and there. But in my mind, when I was thinking about an order in which I would choose the bikes, I'm like, I know I could fix that. i take it to Ross and this and that. and Plus, I could ride a certain way and avoid those situations on the track, right? right. Um, but I think that the Honda is probably the f- most finicky of the top three bikes where I think you would need to set it up specifically for each bike, for each track, you know? You'd have to be like the old dirt track tuners, right? And carry a little notebook in your toolbox and write, okay, at Cahuilla, I did this. And at Glen Helen, I did this. And that. But like some of the other bikes are so forgiving. You could have a base setting and just do a click here or there. But for the Honda, um, I slowed the rear end down a little bit. And I dropped the forks two mil in the tubes and I loved it. And then let's not even really get into the freaking choices on the handlebars. Right. So we got uh, three maps and then three varying levels of traction control. So that's really four because it's just off. Right. So 18 power bands in the thing or something. Correct me if I'm wrong. But anyway, yeah. it's just crazy. The amount of, versatility that that bike has at your fingertips while you're riding and you know you buy an exhaust pipe because you want more top or more low or whatever it's like i think bikes are getting so awesome now there's like it's getting harder and harder for the aftermarket to build something that's better yeah the, like you said the um like the, the kind of that getting
2: comfortable that i respect issues i haven't spent an enormous amount of time on hondas over the years but i have ridden them enough and I can say that the Honda was, is the most unfamiliar out of all of them for me. And Mm. I have a lot of respect for it, but we did, like I said, to open up the the podcast about talking about getting the balance, right. Getting, I'm critical on balance and for my style. And I like the bike to sit a certain way. And I, I like it to move still. I don't like it super firm. Um, the Honda's incredible motor. It's an absolute incredible motor. It, makes the chassis that much more critical i'm pretty heavy on the throttle so mm-hmm. i don't i don't take it easy kind of you know pat's even more aggressive than myself so i can't wait to hear his feedback but like it's just when i get on the gas hard or on the on the brakes harder, it would pitch a lot and that that was the track was different than paula mm-hmm. from when i rode it last and we got it dialed in but I still had a, I need to spend more time on that bike to to really understand its character. But mm-hmm. it's a phenomenal bike. The technology is so good. I'd say the worst part about the grips. The grips killed me in that thing. <laughs> the grips were they, <laughs> bad, bad, but, hard they grips. hurt my hands like. And I wish I would have rode it last because it set the tempo for the day. But um, no, it was. It's a great bike. Like I if you know if you told me Don I'm riding the Honda for the year I wouldn't even think twice. I know what I need to do to make it right and be kind of on like you said to your point understand the bike and what it needs on certain tracks. I think a Kahia and a Glen Helen um, in the Southern California area, more similar with hills and breaking hard, it'd be similar. But then a Paris or milestone, more of a, you know, fairground flat track, you'd run a different setup where the other bikes can kind of get away with just being a blanket setting.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. And um, you know what? I love the Honda. I the You know what was cool about the Honda for me? It's just fun to ride the motor hits so hard and it's, I mean, it's, it is really a fun bike to ride. Um, it, it'll wear you out. It's not, it's not one. I want to go do a 40 minute moto on at Glen Helen. That's, that's, that would be, it's Achilles heel. Yeah. Like it's the bike's busy. It's hyper. It's quick. Everything about it. The motor hits quick. The handling is quick. It corners quick. So it makes it really fun to ride. But to Mike's point, and and on to your point as well, I like keep in a notebook. Hey, it's very, very sensitive to setup. Um, honestly, I was very excited to get on the Honda, and I went out the first two laps, and it was horrifying for me. <laughs> it was like it was so busy on some of those fast straightaways, and in the braking bumps, the head was shaking, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is this is going to be a problem." And I went in and I and I talked to Jason Abbott. We dropped the forks in the clamp <laughs> three millimeters. Doesn't Doesn't sound like a lot, but man, that made a huge difference. We settled the rear end, took some of the weight off the front, transferred it to the back. The Honda Corner is amazing, like I was saying. Um, by sliding the forks down, it takes some of the quickness out of the turns, but it's still corners so good, but it added so much stability and uh, just made it much more manageable.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, to your point, it's still busier than probably any other bike especially in the top three uh but the cornering is so good and it feels light to me that feels like the lightest bike in the class flickable yeah, it's one of the heaviest and right? i agree with you. it's one of the heaviest but it but it but it feels amazingly light and quick uh the wheelbase feels short hmm. the handlebars feel feel narrow uh i don't feel like i'm cramped in the rider compartment but the bike definitely
0: it's smaller small feel.
1: lighter and more nimble absolutely
0: yeah, I was going to ask you if you felt cramped because, to me, the Honda is, like, it feels the smallest and, the, like, the most compact and, like, flickable and it feels easy to move around on.
1: So all, all of those things. I agree I agree with you on all of those things. And at, like, Paris, when it's fairly smooth or, like Mike was saying, at a fairgrounds track, think thing would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you start getting, like, the end of the day at Glen Helen, uh, the end of the day at Cahia the other day. It's you gotta be you gotta pay attention, you gotta respect it, and it's gonna take a little more time to set up and it's gonna take more adjustment here and there, but when you get it right, you're rewarded pretty mm. handsomely.
0: Okay, it's twelve <clears throat> variables in the powerbound. Oh, Shame you, on you, me you for my bad math. mouth. Yeah, <laughs> like thinking that's about a, it. <laughs> that's a lot. That's you know, a and lot. Then, and then on top of that, you've got the whole shot assistance. There's three levels of that too,
2: right? Oh, they, they did a good job. I mean, a great job. Like, they're just, they're giving their buyer any
0: option they want, you know? Yeah. I think uh, you hated the grips. You know what I don't like about the Honda? The way it sits cockeyed on the stand. Like, a little sideways? It's it's nose down. You need that, or no, 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 rear wheel down. And so that's why you see the Honda guys with that bump on the oh. uh, thing. It's impossible to power wash, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's awesome. I added a piece of wood to Mason's
2: 50 stand last night because, like, for the, the last six months, it's been falling off the stand because it, it came Oh, with yeah, like, the KT it, it, it falls off because it's like, a carbon fiber skid plate. I bought one of the Junior Supercross bikes. So, yeah, off topic. But, yeah, I hate, <laughs> those are those pet peeves. When you wash them enough
0: that you'd know, like, as oh it yeah. wears on you. Definitely. So, uh, a little bit off topic here, too, but, you know, I've, since the shootout, I've ridden the Honda three more times, and I've messed with some stuff. How you going? Dude, Okay, so Hoppa came out and was like, we want you to try this FMF pipe. And I'm like, dude, this thing don't need a pipe. It's it's so good. I mean, how are you going to beat 12 options on the buttons, right? They put the pipe on and it gave it more low. Like, <laughs> it, so it was cha- so... You did, did you have to
2: change your maps?
0: I, I ended up running it in one with track control one on. Um, the Dude, I, I don't touch that map three. It's too fast, right? But... uh. I bet Foster but just was know, like, Foster wanted a four plus, yeah, 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 four plus. But the, uh, dude, the pipes made the bike sound so mean. <laughs> like, it was funny. I was going around the track, and people would hear me coming and get out of the way because they thought I was someone really That's good. awesome. Right? So I've messed with that pipe, and it was awesome. And they took it back, and they're putting it into production. But then I've messed with Talking Boys engine mounts, right? The Works Chassis Lab mounts. I want softer tops, stiffer fronts a little more weight on the front and i had to stiffen my forks a little but it increased the range of controllability i have in the tip end in the corners. so definitely you know like we're gonna mess with all the bikes this year try some different things but got a good head start on the crf and it's badass it's gonna be, yeah that's a badass bike so okay so second overall was the kawasaki kx 450 which won the very last transworld motocross bike of the year um Came back completely unchanged for 2020, so it's not like we had to learn anything new about it. Um, This is my favorite bike. Again, it could be because I'm so comfortable on it, but uh, I think the motor is very broad, very user-friendly. Great low-end. I'm not 100% pumped on the hydraulic clutch on it. Just having spent a bunch of time on that bike last year, I noticed I went through a bunch of clutch plates because the thing is so easy to pull in, right? Mm -hmm. And so... You know, I went to Gary Bailey MX school when I was younger. Slapping your hand with a stick. I've always got my finger on the clutch, and I've realized that the thing is so soft and easy. If you're riding with your fingers on a clutch lever, you're kind of slipping it all the time when you don't want to even. Yep. So I smoked a bunch of clutches early on, took the judder spring out, still smoked a clutch, and I finally went to the recluse clutch, and I used one recluse clutch all year. I was badass. So that's one downfall for me. The other is the uh, oversized rear rotor oh, i uh i cooked that thing every time i raced it and would have to bleed the brakes in between motos and after about three races i just ordered the 2018 rotor up and never had a problem with it again but um i i love the you category. love it i love it but what do you, what'd you think i love it too well you rode one last year too for a
2: little bit and it was kind of a debacle of my experience from you know I got a hand me down from Don, and it, we had to clean it up a little bit. But but honestly, I'm really glad I did. I'm really glad I did because I didn't spend any time on that Cali 450. And, and I can't pinpoint why. there just did some things weird for me. And I just it was like, I liked it. I felt great on it some days. So I kind of had my expectations set at like a B minus getting on the bike. And mm-hmm. I went down the hill, jumped the first tabletop, and was just smiling. Like, felt more at home on that bike than any bike without. I never changed a clicker. Mm. I didn't have them change the clicker. I had them change the mapping because I wanted a little more snap. And going to that, like, the chassis was unbelievable. The forks were a little soft on deep, like, deep acceleration, like it blew through. But that was it. I landed in a hole, the right circumstance. So I think from a production standpoint, they nailed, like, their settings. Mm-hmm. The chassis felt so planted. And so, like, I just, I can't say enough about that chassis. Like, I was, the way it feels is not like how Tomax bike rides on the outdoor track, like, on the nationals. And it, I was just – the R&D guys did their homework on the setting and the platform. I just – why it got second for me was that I couldn't change the mapping on the fly. Yep. I, I, could, I had to change a coupler, and that comes into consideration. The hydraulic clutch is a little finicky as well, and that rotor, man, I almost went over the bars like once because I touched it, and I, I'm kind of heavy on the back brake as well, and I yeah. and that's one thing I did change on, on the R test bike last year. I, I went to a smaller rotor. I had mm-hmm. Chavez do that. So those little things, you know, that was just enough. Like the motor, it just needed a little bit more, like power and quickness. But it's so close to the, my first place to pick. But that—that's an amazing, amazing motorcycle. The—the—the the, the chassis is—it's. I can see why it was bike of the year last year. Mm-hmm.
1: For me, I did the I did the intro on the 2020 Kawasaki, bar none, hands down, the best day of riding I've had. Uh, this year we, we went to milestone the track prep was amazing and that bike was so good what really stands out to me as being exceptional on the kawasaki is the cornering and which which speaks to mike's point the chassis is so good it's got a just a great balance probably the best balance in the class of excellent cornering but maintaining good stability and so you can so you just you trust it going into the corners it doesn't it doesn't hunt and peck it doesn't wallow it goes right where you point it, and you could dive in. Um, they did a ton of work to the nineteen to make it narrower, slimmer, lighter feeling. I love all of the ergonomics. I mean, probably the most comfortable bike for me to sit on. I love how thin it is, how narrow it is, and it just adds to the agile feel. Um, Mike, I'm with you. The only things that hold it hold it back from winning for me is hey, if we had a little bit more power, it doesn't quite have Yamaha power but it's close and it's really good and that front fork is a little bit soft for me mm-hmm. and uh those are the only two things that i would change on that bike but man i love that bike it was amazing
0: hey pat ergonomically does the cowie feel really good to you because it's got that big feel
1: you know it doesn't feel that big to me anymore really? for years cowie felt big but i think it feels pretty narrow now and and
0: well, I don't to know. me, I just, to I'm me, it's
1: not—it's
0: it. not a width thing. To me, it feels like Length. a long bike, right? I agree. But I—it's funny. I—I I like the Cowie because it feels so big. Like to me, it feels safe. Like I trust it. I—I mm-hmm. I, I trust it when I'm being a weenie and just being excessive with the throttle and clutch. And because, like, it's funny. It's like I think it's—it's it's hard to crash a cruise ship, right? It's like yeah, yeah, It feels yeah, yeah, so yeah. stable and so—but not heavy. Yeah, like they don't want to correlate it that. It doesn't like, feel heavy, at to all. heavy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a very safe,
1: safe motorcycle. Yeah. Well, that that goes to Mike's point about the chassis because while you're saying that it's long, long will usually have a negative connotation in the handling department because while it's safe and straight, uh, uh, stable on the straightaways, that usually doesn't yield to good cornering. Mm-hmm. But the Cowie turns, man. The Cowie yeah. turns really well. So I don't, I don't want to mislead people. No, it turns the, you know amazing. Yeah, so I, so yes, it's very safe. That's why I'm saying it's the best balance of stability, with really good cornering, mm-hmm. and uh, usually you don't get that. And I, I think Cali really nailed it.
2: Yeah. And, and another thing too, I just wanted to point out, like kind of before we wrapped up, number two, steel pegs, right? Does mm-hmm. that have steel pegs? Mm-hmm. Like just those little things. I, I mean, I, I want to make sure I nailed it. Is like the little things add up to me. Like I don't have to. You know, I, those it, things wear out. The, like stuff like that. You know the the smaller
0: bars, you know smaller but, bars, yeah, yep, the seven eighth rental is awesome, it's comfortable and everything, mm-hmm. but you fall over and you're gonna bend it,
2: yeah, the r and d guys are the right choice picking that bar for the comfort, probably, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but as a, like Yamaha's you know other models have the bigger bar and still have comfort also, so, yeah. yeah um, I do like the green plastic though. Does look good. Yeah, the uh, green, cow- the, cow- the green, the green number plates yeah. look really. Good. I, yeah. I told them, man, this looks awesome. Yeah, and they I said know. it was tough to
0: get. Right, that was a big. That was yeah, a they, big. That was a big they, battle. They have a, a battle at Cali with the, uh, the the higher ups think that a white number plate has better showroom appeal, but uh, no, I, I think it's got to be green. They did a good job. So okay, so getting to the Yamaha, which uh, I think three out of six chose it as first. Um, yeah, dude, it doesn't look any different than last year's except for the graphics, which are badass, by the way. Yeah, they look good. But it's all new chassis and uh, new cylinder top end. A lot smaller, more compact, lower center of gravity. Man, the Yamaha is like like the Honda. It's like it's infinitely tunable with the power tuner app, and I'd say there's no shortcomings on that power band. And, and I know for a fact that the Yamaha has been tough for some of the aftermarket guys to develop a better exhaust for, you know, because it's, it's hard to beat the stock because it's so well-rounded. But the YZ has, in my opinion, that had the best suspension package um, real versatile motor. Um, the only thing for me is that it just still has that little bit bigger feel, wider because of the reverse cylinder and the air box. Um, I raced the YZ 250F all last year. And for some reason, it, the wideness, doesn't bother me on the little bike i don't know why it's the same plastic uh, i think it's because it's less power well, I maybe. Agree with you. but uh that's the only thing that i kind of wish was better was a little bit narrower but the the concerns with the cornering that i've had in the past like i remember several years ago it was on exits to corners the bike got vague for me and then it, they switched some stuff and it became a little bit vague on entrance last year on the 450 they did the bigger wheel spacers with more contact area and that helped it a lot but to be totally honest i never thought about the front end performance good or bad anytime i rode the bike like it it is completely trustworthy yeah
2: yeah i um i've spent more time on it you know i raced this i got a yamaha right before Mammoth this year been mm-hmm. on it been riding more and more lately so uh, I got to spend a little time on, on Pat's uh, of the 2020 bike after Pat rode it for the intro. Did about eight, ten laps on it, and the amount of work they did to the motor to help the chassis was blew my mind. Like narrowing the cam, the uh, cam gears, bringing those in tighter, lowering the cylinder head, thinning out the frame rails, all these little changes, a bunch of little changes, really, really helped that bike get kind of more dialed. And I think it's more like the Honda track per track it needs a little tuning mm-hmm. unlike the cowie the and the husky and the um ktm but i'm familiar with it so right away i hop on it and i knew the fork was a little soft mm-hmm. and the shock felt tall right so i made some changes and it was right on point for me i could go really fast and i was just grinned by the response of the motor like just i can wheelie when i want to wheelie i can I can hop over bumps when I want to. Hop. I don't have to drive through them. Where the KTM I dr- and Husky, I drive through those bumps real heavy. Where, you know, the Yamaha is quick and quicker than the Cowie and quicker than all of them. But it has this enormous amount of power. You can ride it slow. You can ride it hard, and it mm. allows for everything. Where, you know, the Cowie, you can, you only can really ride it hard. It's kind of going to dip down the bullet. If you ride it fast, it works really well. I feel, and if you ride aggressive, it works well. Where the KTM, if you ride it real hard, it's not as fun. Where the Yamaha, I could just, I could be a gear up, a gear down, high RPMs, low RPMs. Um, the titanium pegs, the KYB suspension, six, you know, speaks for itself. It just kind of ticked every box for me on like the deliverables off the floor. Mm-hmm. You know, this wasn't a potential test. Remember that, guys. This isn't what I, I can fix when I take it somewhere. This was out of the box for everyone. So the Yamaha, the deliverables from the showroom floor with the right bars, the right suspension the right motor packages i don't need to buy a different ecu for it i don't need to get it mapped i can go ride it you know i'll I'll put max's tires on it Mm -hmm. and and, and i'll be dialed in
1: you know so i i spent all year on the 2019 and donnie like you said we've got access to whatever we want you want an aftermarket pipe i mean you, you you text me all the time hey pat you need anything for that bike no man i'm good i'm good i rode it all year with the stock exhaust I rode it all year with the stock suspension. I didn't change anything. I didn't even put springs in. Um, the bike was amazing. And to Mike's point, the changes that they made to the engine not only produced a, a bike that that has more power than last year, but it's easier to ride than last year, and it helps the chassis. It makes it corner better, uh, makes it more stable, and makes it a little more predictable in the turns. Man, what a what a home run. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I really love is the 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 app on the phone is amazing but man i'm really pumped about the new bar mounted switch so you can have two pre-programmed you don't have to you could do it on the fly you could do it mid moto that's really cool
2: I, I agree that i left that out that's where the cowie like didn't have that attribute that the Yamaha did for me where mm-hmm. i'd have to change a coupler. or if it's slick and it changes we, on the starting line they water i'd probably go to the map one yeah isn't it funny yeah. when they
0: when they came out with the couplers years ago? We we're like, oh, that's so sick. Yeah, yeah. And now it's like,
2: Pfft, now couplers. you got to do Bluetooth from your phone. Pretty soon,
0: uh, yeah, or, it'll or, be voice or, voice recognition. Yeah. YZ. Yeah. Change to <laughs> aggressive now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what? One thing uh, I just thought about is like you, you said you got on the Cowie right away. Boom, wrote it. Stock clickers. Me too. I think Yamaha for showroom floor clickers. I think they were a little soft and a little fast Yep. because uh, I think Pat and I both ended up going in two or three on compression and two or three on rebound on both ends. Just, I remember the intro, it was a really busy, pitchy bike. Yep. And I was like, Oh dude. But then it was tuned out with clickers and I was pumped. Right. So I was like, I think maybe they missed the mark with the standard clicker settings.
2: I agree. I think uh, Cowie was the standard for dampening. I think out of the whole a whole group, I think KTM was too stiff. I think Husky was too soft. I think Yamaha was a little busy. I think you know, um, but they missed the mark a little bit on just clicker range. Mm-hmm. You Not know, sorry, range on just on point with the clicker setting. Yeah.
1: And I think I think they were going for a little more comfort on the Yamaha, and that's kind of what they told us at the intro. But Donnie and I, Donnie, you, you and I felt the same thing that day. And I went to Travis Preston and said, Hey, look, man, it's there's too much movement. We're getting too much movement going into the ruts. The bike, the bike needs to be more stable, more planted. Let's slow everything down. And we recommended, hey, let's do three compression, front and rear, three rebound, front and rear. And he goes, you know what? That's where we ended up too. Because we've actually done four compression on the fork, three rebound on the fork, three compression on the shock, three three rebound on the shock. And I go, do it that uh, you know what that's that sounds like what we need and uh we did that and you and i were both very very comfortable after that
0: yeah that's what i did the shootout when i got on the bike i was like where the clickers and they're stock I'm all, this and this
2: yep yeah, yeah I, I should yep. i should measure where mine are at my my 19 still standard and i rode kk this weekend and it, it was more planted you know but stock suspension and i'm like it felt like more what i wanted you know the Yamaha Yon- yeah. to be
0: yeah well man i think uh You know, it's such a cliche thing to say, oh, there's no bad bikes. You know, there's no bad bikes this year. They're all good. I mean, they're all good. There are some that are better. More offerings, right? Yeah, more. Yeah. It's crazy how much the Yamaha and the Honda have to offer as far as tunability on the track, right? Um, They're all electric start except the Suzuki. I'd like to hope that Suzuki's got e-start in the works, Mm -hmm. right? You know it's funny though because you still see some guys once in a while comment, "Oh man, real men kickstart their bikes," and, and that's like, dude, come on.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, I remember in 2010 getting just like hammered in Supercross because I had an electric start on my KTM. I mean, obviously that bike was not the shining star of KTM's fleet, but I had electric start. Yeah. You know, and everyone that's cheating. Yes, it
0: is cheating. Yeah. <laughs> everyone copied it. Definitely, but you know what's funny is like. Uh, the KTM, or I'm sorry, the the Suzuki weighs about the same as the Honda and the Cali, you know, according to claimed wet weight. They don't have a e-start. They better do some work. Yeah. Got to lose some weight. Right. Got to ride Skyline. Maybe they're going to eat only vegan food like Dahmer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but but Donnie, to your, to your point about how, you know, it's cliche to say all the bikes are great. Yeah. If you said, hey, Pat, I want you to spend the year on the Suzuki and ride at stock. Yeah, I'm not sending you anything. We're not doing the suspension. It's like it's just like you were talking about a, a, at the beginning. Hey, you get comfortable on a certain bike and it feels like home. Mm-hmm. I think I could get comfortable on the Suzuki to the point where yeah, I'll ride it stock. And I'll ride it stock all year. I, I frankly, I really enjoyed it the other day, and it worked a lot better than I thought it would. Hey, Pat. I mean, Pat. Yes, sir.
0: Um, this year, I want you to ride the Suzuki stock all year. So can I'll you come bring, get it tomorrow. Bring that Yamaha down next week. <laughs>
1: I'll come down tomorrow. Yeah. No, I, 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 honestly feel that way. I think that I'd have a great time riding the Suzuki. Yeah,
0: old and school. And that was
1: that was my that was sixth place for me
0: with Pit Pro Graphics. Chrome, well, nickel
2: plated frame.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Put a chrome frame on it. Hey, it's it's funny because um, I was I was on the Pit Pro Suzuki team as you guys were alluding to it back in '97, and uh, Russ Wageman uh, was my team manager, and. Ooh. And now uh, RJ
2: is tuning your Suzuki.
1: RJ was born. I held him at the Coliseum at one of my first Supercross races. And he comes to the track last year and goes, Hey, I'm RJ Wageman. I'm going to be tuning your bike for you. And I'm like, dude, I <laughs> introduce you. yourself to me. I remember when you were a baby. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's funny. Well, Small hey, world. Um, so, yeah, man. Uh, guys, thanks for listening. The uh, If you haven't seen it yet, the uh, complete written... Shootout report is on swapmotorlive.com, as is our shootout video. And, uh, man, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you next time after the 250 shootout. Thanks for listening.